last couple of months we've been trying a bit too much and we think we make conclusions but it's difficult to make conclusions if we haven't even tried it well and with a structure what we actually trying to achieve here is community-based learning so the idea is that we come together to learn from each other to inspire each other to ultimately grow the revenue organization through those different perspectives and angles and viewpoints and opinions and experimentations etc that was one of the challenges in the sales calls of like what do you promise what don't you promise and what can they expect right now and if you have a clear map then you can show them Welcome to the Revenue Discussion Podcast. This is episode 25th. And every five episodes, Martin and I give a little behind the scene of what is happening at site. So welcome back, Martin. Thank you very much. It's uh, good to be back after five weeks, I would say. Um, yeah, some good episodes have aired the last couple of weeks. It's been very interesting, I would say. Uh, what was for you the best episode we had? The best episode we had? That's a very, very good question. Um, I have to say... I mean, I I like all of them in, in different ways, but one of my favorites was the one with Thomas D'Alberto because it's um, we have had a lot of, of trainers and you know people that come with the theoretical framework, but Alberto could really put both worlds into the picture. You know, the theoretical framework with how his day-to-day work looks like and how he puts it into practice. And uh, so very, very insightful um, regarding that. I couldn't agree more. It was a very insightful episode, especially like you say, it's a different viewpoint. Uh, it was the first time a real salesperson came on the podcast, so uh, it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so today we will give um, yeah, a little update of what uh, we are working on. So first uh, point that we prepared, Martin, was the partner-first strategy. But maybe you should uh, explain a little bit you know, what we mean with that. And also, why did we come up with that uh, strategy? Yeah, I think it's a good point to start with um, because it's a change for us uh, in the way we work, I would say. Okay, partners always have, have been part of sites. Look at We Are Sales. We, everybody has seen, has seen Gong, Outreach, all those kind of companies that help us grow the company. And because we saw so much interest from these kind of companies to work with community, we thought, okay, let's leverage this for the goods of the company, uh, for community. Um, so what we do with them is we organize events for their ideal ICP, but their ideal ICP is our ideal ICP, mainly salespeople in Belgium. And thanks to their events, we can give great experiences to salespeople in Belgium. So they get to know us and so they can join the community and the community and grow as a whole. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's very well summarized. And I think what I would add to that is that also it gives us a little bit of room, oxygen, to try out some things uh, because, of course, the way that we work there is that we are kind of an event marketing agency. And so we work with a budget and, you know, there is a, a organizing fee for us. So that gives, you know, the, the cash inflow that we can use for uh, the rest of the community activities. But then also because we have those initial events for the partners, we bring also people to the community. And so in, in those two ways, it's very interesting because we have that initial cash inflow. But then at the same time, we grow the compu- the, the, the community thanks to those partner events. And so I think that's, um, I mean, that's kind of the reason why now it's partner first. It's not always going to be like that. But for the moment being, I think that's, uh, it, it, it works quite well. And I think the last, uh, like you, you just mentioned it, like uh, testing new events. I think last month and a half, I would say, we have been testing quite a couple of like online-based events 
in your opinion, what were the best uh, ones we tried, and what, which ones maybe we should let go of or we should improve? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say the because yeah, we have three types of virtual events, or that's kind of you know what we defined. We have the uh, sales power session where it's about 30, 40 minutes of a webinar-based presentation with Q&A afterwards. We have the virtual roundtable discussion where the idea is that, you know, no matter how many registrants we have, um, we put them in several breakout rooms of max five to six, six people and they discuss debate on a specific topic because for some, you know, topics, there is no actual truth. There are maybe guiding principles, but no actual truth. And so the idea there is to really brainstorm around, all right, how could we actually improve it? How could we do it the right way? And then the third type are the expert panels, where we have a moderator and three to four speakers um, that will, you know, talk about a very high, um, I mean, a hot topic. So it could be about, you know, the economic crisis that's coming right to us and, you know, how different types of people could be a professor could be a ceo could be you know those different personas how they look at the current situation and how we should actually try to play with it for the uh, for the commercial engine uh, and so those are the three types of events and i think um, the one that i am more inclined to are the expert panels um, because there you just get you know in a short time frame very different point of views um, and i think that's that's the the, the ultimate win that you want to have if you want to have um, you know, that sales power session, it's good. And also depending on the topic and on the speaker, it works very well. But I think there, you know, you have so many other alternatives. Uh, you just scroll through, through LinkedIn and you get that one point view on a certain topic. You can go to YouTube, type in a topic and you get there also a video on that one topic. Um, so I think that expert panels is, you know, where we, the way that we provide value there is that we look for the right people from different different angles, different perspectives, and we put them together in that one session. And there's still a Q&A afterwards if you want to make it very personalized to your case as, a, as an attendee. So that's my ultimate favorite. Regarding the virtual roundtables, I would say it works well if the people know each other very well too. Um, I've seen it that, you know, if it's a public event and anyone can just join and you have a mix of people that don't know each other, sometimes they don't there to open up enough as they should, in my opinion. And so I would say that those virtual roundtable sessions where you debate on a specific topic is an excellent concept, but really for the people that are a premium member of the community, because there they, the people know each other, they have seen themselves in person, they already shake hands, they know each other's situation. So, you know, that's, there is what I would say um, is, is, is better for. I also think something to add to that, um... People, okay, they don't know each other. That's a true point. But it's also, they're often in a different situation. I think that doesn't help it. Um, if there is an SDR mm -hmm. from a certain company and there's a CRO debating together on a topic, it's not always easy, I would say. Um, and it, it actually couples well with a, a different point we're going to talk about now. And that's the, the, the cohort-based sessions. Um, uh, it's a bit of an anecdote. Last week, Dylan called me again. Uh, Martin, I have an idea uh, <laughs> for a new thing you have to try. And I was like, oh, no, Dylan has an idea again. Uh, you have to try something new. But then you pitched me the, the cohort-based sessions, like a bit of like five of those roundtables with very specific profile of, per of people coming together for five sessions and then discussing all those problems that all wave with each other like to get like well it's one one big topic over those five sessions and i think there you struck a chord like oh he's actually right 
because instead of doing like one round table about a random topic with random people, we can really curate it, say like, okay, we have one big topic, like over, like overarching topic with five smaller topics in there. And that's with the same group. That's how people really will be able to learn from each other. And that's a good point you made. And I think that's something we will do in the future now, once we found the right topic with the right people, the right people. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also part of the positioning game that we are struggling with right now, because we are positioning ourselves now as being a community and network, but people, weirdly enough, they have that, you know, um, perception that, all right, it's, you know, it's a couple of events that the guys organize and we go there to meet new people, to maybe generate new business. And I've seen that more often than I expected it to, uh, to be the case. While what we actually trying to achieve here is community-based learning. So the idea is that we come together to learn from each other, to inspire each other, to ultimately grow the revenue organization through those different perspectives and angles and viewpoints and opinions and experimentations, etc. And so I think that there we are trying to now play with, with our, how can we, you know, put an offering to the world where it's clear that it's that community-based learning. And I think indeed those cohorts group uh, learning program where you have different sessions regarding a topic, but you have to register for the cohort. Um, that that kind of place with that best of both worlds where you are in a community and also kind of a training institute. But of course, we are, we don't want to be, you know. So it's uh, yeah, it's creating that new that new positioning, that new frame. Um, and I and I think yeah, that that cohort idea could uh, could actually work. Yeah, especially if we can bring expertise from different fields, different countries, because that's the good, that's the power we have, because we are a community, uh, like I would say, uh, 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 I would say it, uh, a neutral party that can bring knowledge together. And that's a good thing we can do. And with those cohort-based groups, we can define much more of a program, I would say, because now it was just, we pick a topic that's hot and that's it. And okay, you will learn a bit, but you won't learn too much. And that's a big difference we can still do. Can you maybe give uh, an example of a cohort uh, group topic you know that would be uh, the overarching topic for the cohort yeah i think last week we did a session with me uh, with michael um, about personal branding and i think you said it very well a couple of times during that session people are inspired to then go start doing it the, the personal branding after a session of one hour but if we go we're gonna look in two weeks all of those people that were there how many people are, are doing it? I think it might be one person. That's it. And if we would put it in a cohort with the different aspects of your personal branding, like how do you define your personal brand? How do you distribute your personal brand? What content do you make of your personal brand? And if you do that over a course of five weeks and every week you keep each other accountable, like, okay, you should have done this last week. Where are you now? And I think if the peer pressure is there of like, okay, together we're going to all start working on our personal brands and we have certain goals into place. After those five weeks, probably 50% or 80% will be working on their personal brand. And because you're already doing it for five weeks, it starts to become a habit of, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm posting about it. I'm doing it. And I think then you will really learn. And then the aspect, like you just mentioned of like really the trading institute, like you would say, gets more into it. And people mm -hmm. start really doing it. Yeah, I love it. It's really moving away from content dumping towards execution. Just yeah, and it, do the stuff. 
And also, not just inspiration, because we like to inspire people with new ideas, like with Michael Broad or some maybe an author of, a, of a, a, some kind of book, that you can get inspired of new things that are to learn. But then you really have to do it and put it into practice and link it with your daily activities. And only then, then you will impl implement it and improve it as, as a person. Right. I like it. I, st I still like the idea myself. So uh, let's freaking try that out. But that's maybe also... Um, because if we move towards now the challenges, you know, that uh, we, we said something earlier about want to try too many new things at the same time. And so can you maybe tell, you know, what that challenge actually means for us right now? I think it's something you mentioned last episode that we are doing too much. We are trying new things because we are both very excited to try new things, uh, which is a good thing, but not at this moment because yeah. we need to focus. And that's why, again, one of your ideas two weeks ago, I would say, we started with a roadmap, seeing like what are the things we're doing now and what are the things we're going to do in the next six months, mm -hmm. year, and maybe even three years. That might be a bit far for now, but then we start to do that, like define really what are we doing now what are we testing? What are we focusing on? And then say like, okay, in January, we have a sales development day. In February, we start with our cohorts. And then we can really see, okay, what is the difference we made by trying the new things and by adding new experiences? And then we can really judge which ones work and which don't. Because now, it, not now, I would say last couple of months, we've been trying a bit too much. And we think we make conclusions, but it's difficult to make conclusions if we haven't even tried it well and with yeah, the structure. Completely. The structure was a bit gone sometimes. Yeah, I think you say, you say it there. It's really about creating a system of evaluation before jumping up to the next uh, to the next experimentation, because there <laughs> we we want to do too much. That is true. That is okay, actually but we have to put it in a sequential order and be sure to move to the next experiment once we are done with the previous one. And that's a, that's a challenge that we now kind of solved with the roadmap, I think. We still have to see how that goes, but at least the roadmap gives you, I mean, gives us a visual representation of those experiments and give us, uh, gives to me at least, some peace of mind of, you know, right now we're just gonna work on this, trust the process, execute on this, nothing else, right? Get that focus right. And then once we're done, or maybe we can evaluate it way earlier, and that's okay. But at least get that time frame just for that one project, that at one experiment. And then once we're done, and we can evaluate, go to the next one, and that's uh, yeah, that helps. And also, I think what also helps it is it's easier to um, communicate to the outside world. If people ask us like, "What are you doing? What are your plans?" Then we can really say, "This is what we are right now, and this is what will come extra." Because I think that's what you managed, uh, mentioned to me. Like that was one of the challenges in the sales calls. Of like, mm. what do you promise? What don't you promise? And what can they expect right now? And if you have a clear map, then you can show them. Yeah, very good point. No, indeed. Um, when I look back at some sales calls, sometimes they were asking me, all right, but what do you guys have already? What do you guys do already? And I always want to pitch the vision and the overall mission of what we want to accomplish. But sometimes we are not, I mean, a lot of the times we are not there yet. So indeed, I think the roadmap idea came from there so that I can be honest in my explanation, but also, I mean, you know, make it clear what we are aiming for and what we are going after. And yeah. now, we, now we mentioned this, the sales aspect. Um, last, last episode, we mentioned that it's still difficult to get the right members we want. 
How do you feel the sales is going right now? It's, it's um, you know, practice makes perfect. So it's by having those new calls that you see some elements get are getting easier to to explain or you know to or to you know you you get a, a better image also of what are the challenges or what are the the people the potential community members looking for and so you know according to that you actually kind of create a better uh playbook i will say to to go and and acquire new members but um yeah i still have to say it it's also really up to us what are we going after what kind of you know ideal customer do we want to get into the community and what is the i the ideal offering the exact offering that we want to offer and i think as long as that is not 100% crystal clear it is always going to be for me some kind of a challenge to sell a, to sell it to them and so i mean that's you know that's a, an iterative process that we are never stopping with um but i think yeah and i think you know now we have that cohort idea um we put everything into a roadmap all of that makes it also much easier for me to to explain it now and uh it's again a more concrete version of the exact offering that we want to offer um and so i think that we are going up to a phase where you know the offering will be crystal clear i hope that we will get there soon so that from their moment on you know I know I know what I have to say. I know what I want to get also from the from the ideal customer in the uh, in the call that we would have, and then you know from there moment on it's just going to be I hope it's just going to be you know simple math. You have if you, you have a hundred conversation and maybe twenty conversation, you know say yes, and from there on you you know you can actually scale up the game. But right now you cannot do that because you still have to define the the basic metrics and 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 actually define also the, the fundamentals before you can scale up that game. So. So, but, but I have yeah. to, I have to say those, those calls have helped us as well, even though they they have been challenging. 100. percent They have it. It makes us think about what do people want and what do our ideal customers really need, and then from that on we can we can build our roadmap. We can build the initiative initiatives they want because if they want to learn, we have to provide it. So we have to listen to them. I think that helps us because that's maybe also a thing we want to do this more. The sales, the sales, uh, doing the sales. But it's just time-wise, we have to really invest in it. Yeah, definitely. I don't do enough sales, but also, indeed, the, the all the sales calls I had so far, they mostly started from, "I'm very interested in what you would be looking for. Can we just have a short call?" And it was not really about pitching, more about requesting feedback and getting opinions. But also, what I have learned is that you cannot expect to get the answer from the customer or the prospect you really have to come up yourself with suggestions ideas you really have to frame the conversation towards the direction to test an hypothesis um, people are not going to come to you with with the amazing ideas uh, that's uh, definitely something i learned <laughs> all right going to tomorrow tomorrow we have uh, an in-person event the first since uh, we are sales is that we are sales after work um it sold out. I sold out. It, it was a free event for the members and on the invitation, and it's been like all spots are taken. What do you expect from the day? Honestly, I'm super uh, excited for that day. Um, I think it's gonna be pretty alright, actually. I, I, I don't know if, what about you, but I'm actually pretty confident. We have uh, we have a great partner, and we should really thank them again, uh, Google, uh, and more specifically Edward from Google. Really thankful. For, for all of the, their help and contributions to the event. But um, but yeah, I think indeed, you know, we 
we have invited a couple of people. Very quickly, we went to the uh, the hundred registrations. Well, actually, we are now about 110, 120, uh, which actually means indeed it's kind of sold out. Um, but yeah, we have a, a lot of things prepared. You know, it's really going to be a f entire focus on get to know each other. So we have some networking games, if I can call it like that. We will incentivize at least the networking aspect again. Um, and so I think that's going to be cool. We also have two amazing speakers. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that because you are in contact with them. Yeah, before I go to the speakers, I just want to uh, add to the, to the, the, the people part. Um, I think in the beginning we thought like, okay, we did a waiting list and we have to select the people that fit our community. And I think to our surprise, almost everybody or even everybody that, that applied to be part of the event or registered for the event, all were part of our ideal customer. So I was like, yes, this is good. People know that the people that we want know that they have to be at the event. And that, mm -hmm. that was a good thing. And then this, on the speaker side of things, um, first of all, we have uh, Sophie. We know Sophie already from uh, We Are Sales. Uh, she was in one of the panels. And now she will talk about um, why she changed uh, position and how you can like really, how you have to look at career changes as a sales leader, as a people in, in person in sales. So it will be very interesting. And the second session is from somebody I didn't know myself that came from, um, from uh, Edward again. Um, and that's Jeroen. Jeroen uh, will talk about sales on steroids. Uh, I don't know what to expect from it, but uh, I've heard he's a great speaker, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, so, so am I really, no, really excited. And also just excited to have that community coming together again. Um, and now, you know, the first time that we brought people together was in the context of We Are Sales. So it was the very first time nobody knew what to expect. We didn't either actually, or at least not the people that were going to come there. But now we already know some people. We also know that some people know each other. And so it's already going to be feeling much more like a community. Um, and so very excited to see how that goes. I think we'll update all of the listeners uh, once it's over in the next episode. Maybe a good thing. What, another thing, what can people expect in the next talk we have? Like in five weeks, we talk again, Dylan. What will be the changes? <laughs> well, in five weeks, we will have already a couple of partner events that will have taken place. We will have the We Are Sales After Work that will have taken place. We should already have some uh, additional info about We Are Sales 2023. Also, the Sales Development Day of 2023, which will be a first edition, actually, of that, that concept event. Um, and honestly, I hope also that, you know, coming out of that, uh, we are sales after work. We might expect, um, especially from the people that, you know, participated from the invitation, um, that are not members yet, that maybe they would love to become a member based on their experience there. And, you know, that can give us, again, much more visibility in terms of feedback, what did they think of the event, what, did they, what they would like of a community. Also, we will present the roadmap there. So again, very interested to get their feedback in what would they be more interested from what they see on the roadmap and are they also enthusiastic about that? Did they know we were planning a roadmap like that? So, so yeah, actually I think that in the coming five weeks we will have a lot of feedback uh, and a lot of new points to, to talk about. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, do you have a, uh, um, you know, something else that you would like to add to that, or? I think that's perfect. I think those are uh, enough to dos for us uh, to prepare <laughs> the next call we have. So, uh, yeah, so I it. think we we see the rest. Uh, we see the people on the next episode. Let's do that, Martin. Thank you again, and uh, 
See you in five weeks, man. See you soon. <laughs>